Hey, what's going on? This is your host, Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with my man, Alex Ferrari. Alex is an award-winning filmmaker, an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and the founder of Indie Film Hustle. He also has one of the biggest podcasts in the world in filmmaking called the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, and he's just a hell of a nice guy and a good friend of mine, so I'm super excited to have him on, share his story, share his words to success. If you're in the filmmaking industry, you for sure have already heard of Alex, and if not, you're about to learn about someone new. So he's a real badass and has a lot to share, lots of value in this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. Vamos. But you have to plan for what's in front of you right now and understand it is a grind and that you got to love the grind. Like I love the grind. I've come, right. I wake up every morning and I love doing what I do. And it is a lot of work. Show up every day and do the work. Do the work every day, whether it's going to provide a result that day or not. The biggest word to success I can come up with is patience. Patience, patience, patience. Alex Ferrari, welcome to the most badass show on the planet. My man, how do you do? I do well, man. It's a pleasure to be here, man. I'm excited to have you on, brother. So for those maybe who don't know you, who don't know you, I mean, that's hard to, to believe, you know. With most, no, no, that's not true. Most people probably don't know who I am. So please stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for those who don't know you, you know, what do you do and how did you get there, man? Um, my name is Alex Ferrari. I am a filmmaker, a writer, director, producer, and a thousand other hyphenates. Uh, I'm also an entrepreneur that runs uh, the online website, uh, Indie Film Hustle. Uh, which is now growing into uh, multiple other areas that I'm using for the brand, which we'll talk about in the interview. But um, that's what I do. And I, now I dedicate my life not only to creating films that I want to create and content that I want to create um, as an artist, but I also dedicate uh, most of my day to helping other filmmakers, screenwriters, creatives, content creators um, survive and thrive the business of filmmaking, uh, whether they want to be, a feature film director, TV director, or a YouTube star. Uh, some of them just trying to get out there, just trying to create uh, stories for people and create content. I'm here to help, and I, I don't know everything, but I've been down the block a couple times. I've been doing this for about 20 odd years, and uh, I just like to um, I, I like to tell them the truth, the brutal truth of what this business is like. As as I always say, always follow your dream, but don't be an idiot. Uh, and that's kind of really encompasses everything. Um, that I, I talk about because, uh, you know, follow your dream, but just don't be an idiot about it. And, and I try to be inspirational about it, but also try to be realistic about it. And there is a balance that you have to have. Mm -hmm. And if we go way back years ago, was there a mm -hmm. moment when, you, you know, you fell in love with film and you said, you know, this is what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Or how did uh, you get into that? Um, the first moment I ever thought about being in the film industry was when uh, my mom took me to a movie that I did not want to see in 1982 called E.T. Uh, it, it looked horrible. I didn't, all I saw was a poster of a finger. It just looked like, what is that? Uh, when I walked out of that theater, uh, I went home and started writing my first screenplay, which of course I had no idea what that was. And I, and I only got about three or four sentences in, which is, a alien comes down to earth and befriends a boy. <laughs> So I was plagiarizing Spielberg at that point in my career. Um, and then fast forward to when I was in high school, uh, I got a job at a video store. Um, and for those of you that don't know what a video store is, Google it. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I worked at a video store 
And uh, that's where I fell in love with movies. I watched movies constantly. And then uh, when I graduated high school, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I just looked around my room, which had about 3,000 VHSs. Uh, again, if you don't know what a VHS is, Google it. Um, and uh, I said, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to be a director. And from that moment on, it's never, never stopped since. Right. What would you say are the parallels? Because, I mean, in what you do, you're an entrepreneur, you've, uh, you're a filmmaker, you're, you're an active filmmaker as well. What are the parallels, in your opinion, between film and business and being a filmmaker and an entrepreneur? Um, well, I've always been a, a hustler since I was a little kid. I mean, I was the way I got my side money, uh, or not side money, money period, when I was like 10, 11, 12, was I did garage sales. Uh, I would do garage sales every weekend, every Saturday, I would bust out my table and bring it out to this, to the street where it was a lot of traffic. And when I ran out of stuff, my own stuff to sell, I would sell my family stuff. I would just go around to all my relatives. I'm like, do, do you have anything you want to get rid of? And I would just sell it. And I would, you know, for a, a 10 or 11 year old to be walking around with a hundred, 150 bucks in their pocket. That's like walking, you might as well be walking around with a million bucks. I mean, it was just huge. Um, so I always figured a way out to make money, and, and it's just something that I was, I was programmed at the factory like that. So when the filmmaking part came into my life, um, my, entrepreneur, my entrepreneurial spirit came into it as well. So my very first short film, um, you know, that I, like a major short film that I did, um, I decided to create a film school about how to make films. At the time, that was pretty revolutionary because there was nobody doing that. Uh, in 2005 with, um, let's say, a DVD explaining uh, how to use the, the tools of the day, like real indie tools, Final Cut Pro, uh, DVX 100A. These are, you know, prosumer quality products and to make a film with it. And that went on to sell um, over 5,000 copies of that. And we sold it at 20 bucks a pop. And the movie only cost me about eight grand to make. Uh, yeah. And that was the first, that was the first time in the film business that I made money selling something that I created. I had already been an editor and colorist and other things like that before then. But, um, that was the first time as a director, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I can make, a, I could be, I could make money as a filmmaker mm -hmm. and also I could help people. So I'm like, well, this is great. Um, and then fast forward 10 years and that's when Indie Film Hustle opened up. Um, and, uh, I haven't looked back since. Was that kind of your start in digital marketing as well? Or did you have a yes. background in that already or anything like that? Nope. I read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek uh, <laughs> by, by Timmy Ferris, And um, that book blew my mind because it was the very first time that the thought occurred to me that like, oh man, people are making money online. And it's funny because in 2005 when I was selling uh, my, my DVD, I would actually, I used to be able to, I used to be able to get a kickback on my own DVDs on Amazon. So I would sign up for the affiliate program on Amazon and then I would use that affiliate link to sell it to my audience. And then I would get a kickback on my own movie. <laughs> so I got a little extra, you know, every time I sold it. And of course I was selling a, bu a bunch of it because it was coming to my website. That was before Amazon got smart. Um, you can't do that nowadays. But uh, I knew about making money online because I was able to sell product online before, but I had never sold digital products. I'd sold a couple of like workshops and things, but it never really panned out. I never thought I could actually make a living doing it. But once I read that book, I was like, wait a minute, I think there's something here. And I spent the next year of my life reading 
every Gary Vanderchuk book, uh, Lewis Howe, Pat Flynn, um, all of these amazing digital marketers and uh, online entrepreneurs. And, um, and then uh, I, once I did that, I decided to open up Indie Film Hustle, though originally I was going to open up some sort of niche website just to be like an internet marketer. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be like the jelly bean dude. Like, you, <laughs> you want jelly beans, I'm going to be like the jelly bean authority. I can just and imagine like, you right now being the jelly bean dude, you know? Like, right? Can you imagine me? Like, you, you need jelly beans. I'm the dude you go to about jelly beans. Right, right. And then my wife turns to me. She's like, you're an idiot. Why don't you do something with filmmaking? I'm like, <laughs> well, that just breaks the easy rule. But okay, I guess I'll do that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and uh, to be honest, I always had filmmaking in the back of my head. I always thought of it. But I wanted to try it with something else first, but she pushed me to do any film also right away. Mm. And I did. And um, when, I, when I launched, uh, because of all of that prep work I did, and because of all, I mean, I literally spent a year listening to every podcast, reading every book, taking courses, just learning everything I could about internet marketing, about product creation, um, all of that kind of stuff. So when I launched, I launched quick and I launched with a fury. And within a month, uh, my traffic was insane because I just learned a lot along the way of what to do to the point where other, other websites who had been in the space, they started all of a sudden, like out of the, like nowhere, I just show up and now I'm in their feeds every day, pounding it with content. And they're like, who the F is this guy? Like, where did he come from? So they actually reach out to me like, dude, who are you? You know, and then they look me up on IMDb. I'm like, oh, shit, this guy's a real dude. He's got, like, real credits behind him. And we became friends, and a lot of the, the you know, the websites in, in my niche, we all kind of help each other out and talk to each other and things like that. But they were very curious about how the hell I did it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Then a couple months later, I launched the podcast, Indie Film Hustle Podcast. And within three months of the launch, I was the number one filmmaking podcast on iTunes. Um and then turned into the number one screenwriting podcast and also the number one cinematography podcast, mm-hmm. all because of a lot of the stuff that I was doing. And I understood my niche so well, more so than jelly beans. Um, <laughs> I understood <laughs> it so well because I am the avatar. I am the, 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 the core customer that, I, that I'm going after because mm-hmm. I am a filmmaker. So I know the trials. I know the pain points. I know all of that because I go through all that. I've gone through all that. So for me, it was very easy to kind of construct content, construct things that I knew my audience would really gravitate to. And my first goal was not money. My first goal was, and still is to this day, is to help people, to inspire Mm -hmm. people, to try to get them, uh, you know, help them on their journey, to be of service to my community. Um, And money comes. And that's exactly what happened. It turned to, it turned to eventually that Indie Film Hustle became my main my main thing. Uh, and now that's what I do every day. Uh, and then occasionally I'll direct when a directing job comes along or I'll make my own films or I'll do some, po- I'll do some post every once in a blue moon if, if, if it's a gig that I want to take, but I'm not dependent on it anymore. I, now I just wake up in the morning and work on Indie Film Hustle every day. And it's a wonderful place to be. Um, and I'm extremely happy doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And we, we were having a conversation maybe a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about, you were telling me how, you know, the, the film niche and filmmakers are the most exploited and, oh, you know, cynical, cynical, so, exploited niche in history. 
Right. But you, you, you know, coming from, you know, being a filmmaker and it was, it was, you know, you've been through, you know, your own shit. Right. So how is it that you can connect to, to, you know, filmmakers that are, because at the end of the day, like filmmaking, you see the big directors, big actors, they're living like great lifestyles. You know, that's what you see on, on social media. That's what it is. Right. But there's also a grand majority of people that are constantly struggling every single day to get a job or to try to create their projects. Right. So what is the stuff that to those guys, like you can give them the your best piece of advice after talking to all these people and going through your own journey as a filmmaker slash entrepreneur. Um, all right, so there's two questions there. One, how do I connect with them? I mm. connect with them because I'm authentic. Mm. I am who I am. I'm not trying to be someone else. I don't want anything out of them. I want to help. If mm. I create a service or a product or I can aim them in the direction of a product that that might help them on their path, so be it. Uh, I try not to do hard sells. Um, I rarely do asks, but I do asks every once in a while, but I provide an immense amount of content for free. 97% of what I do on a daily basis is given away for free. I charge for 3% of what I do. And um, that rings true to filmmakers because when they, when they see, they're like, well, dude, yeah, the dude's selling some courses and yeah, he's got affiliate links and he's very clear about that and a very, very straight up and upfront with it. I'm honest with them. I'm like, look guys, I, you know, this is, I can't do this forever. I need some help. You know, I need some, I need you guys to support me as if I'm going to support you. Um, it's just the way any relationship works. Right. And um, they do, they do to the point now where I'm able to do this. And hopefully with things that are going to be coming up very soon, um, it'll take everything up to another level. But that's how I connect with them because I'm real about what I do. Um, I don't sugarcoat it. I don't, um, I don't bullshit them because I think they've been bullshitted enough in this business. So I just go up and straight up, I'm like, look, like I said earlier, follow your dream, but don't be an idiot about it. You know, there's ways of going about following your dream. Educate yourself, be smart, understand that, um, to answer the second question, second part of that question, understand that this is not a short game. You cannot think of it as a short game. It is a long game. You can't have a one-year plan. You have to have a 10-year plan. That is what this business is like. Because if you think you're going to be Oh, I'm going to give myself six months to make it in LA. You're dead. You're done. Don't even bother. You need yeah. to give yourself at least two years uh, in LA if you want to try to make it in LA. Um, you need at least two years to get started, to get your foot in the door. Not that you're going to success, be successful in those two years. Sure, there's always those outliers. Sure, there's always those lottery ticket winners that we hear about uh, that get the big deals or they get the big thing or this or that and they get the opportunities. Sure but that's not the rest of us. And you have to plan for that. It's great if the other opportunities show up, that's wonderful, but you have to plan for what's in front of you right now and understand it is a grind and that you gotta love the grind. Like I love the grind. I've come, right. I wake up every morning and I love doing what I do. And it is a lot of work. It's, I mean, you're, grind, you're grinding out content, you're helping people, you're doing consultations, you're doing all this kind of stuff. But I love the grind. I love doing what I do. And I've, I feel that I found my calling with uh, helping uh, filmmakers and artists and mm -hmm. other people in general, um, help them in helping them on their path. It's something that I'm, I feel that I'm suited for. Uh, while I'm still following my other dream of being a filmmaker and expressing myself as an artist through the filmmaking uh, art form. Mm-hmm.
And it's awesome how you make it work, you know, you make it work kind of hand in hand, your business with, you know, my your, art, your art. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not and easy. It's not easy. And that was the other question that a lot of these guys that had the websites and do what I do do like, dude, how are you making money? Like every, I get that asked all the time, every time they're like, how is it that you have figured out a way to make money from a population that's historically broke. Um, filmmakers don't have money. We don't have money to, you know, to make yeah. movies. And I tell them because, look, if you provide a, tr a good amount of value, um, you offer it to them at a reasonable price that it, it makes sense for them, that that investment of 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, will, they can 10x that or 20x that or 100x that investment because of the knowledge that I'm providing. Um, or the access I'm providing or something along those lines where I could save them that much money by do a consultation or something um, Then they, they they it makes sense for them. You know, it's just when you start like oh look at the online film school I'm gonna teach you what they don't teach you in film school la, 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 la. Mm -hmm. um, When you see that kind of stuff um, Sometimes it's good most of the times it's not and they can smell it. They can smell that it's not authentic um, but that's That's how I do it and it, I've been very blessed that I'm able to balance um, my business with my art. And it's the best of both worlds, honestly. I can't be any happier. Mm -hmm. And sweet man, how, how important have like books been for you or, or any personal development kind of, you know, kind of instrument for how has it been for you in your journey, basically? Huge. I mean, I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of, uh, I, I, I don't read, I don't sit down and read them anymore. I listen to audiobooks all the time. Yeah. Um, cause I'm constantly just, you know, picking up, you know, the new Gary Vandertruck book or, um, you know, the new Tim Ferriss books or whatever those kind of, those kind of internet marketing books are. And then I start, you know, ranch, branching out to other books like, um, autobiography of a yogi and other things like that, that kind of help you on your spiritual path as well. Um, and you just try to bring it all together, but books are an extremely important part of my journey, at least, um, in, in the process because you just learn a lot. And again, Understand that when you read a book, you're reading a person's point of view. Right. It's not the end-all be-all. It's just a mm -hmm. person's point of view. And it could be any book ever written. Um, it is a person or person's points of view that is not rooted in complete and utter truth. Yeah. Maybe some scientific books and things like that, but or mathematical books. But generally speaking, in what we talk about, it is a point of view. So keep that in mind when you're reading it because you must – know that it's just because it's in a book it's not absolutely truth um but look at the person who's writing it and and study that person you yeah. know and like anything that you read by yogananda um is probably okay <laughs> you yeah. know you're probably good if you read anything written by paranansa yogananda um you know gary v gary v's books are gary v so if you like gary v and his point of view those books are amazing crush it Crushing it, jab, jab, right hook, Tim Ferriss's books, you know, his point of view. He's such a, I, I still believe he was made in a laboratory. I don't believe he's a real human being because he, when I hear his podcast, when I listen to him, he, he's so analytical in the way he talks and breaks things down. He's a genius. He's an absolute brainiac, but it's, but that's a completely different flavor than Gary Vee or, or from Pat Flynn on Smart Passive Income or, any of these guys, they all have different flavors. So I learned from all of these guys um, in different avenues of my life. But they're very, very important having books in my life. 
Which one would be your top three? Um, number three would be Crush It. No, no, number three would be Crush It. Number two would be uh, Four Hour Work Week, and number one would be Autobiography of a Yogi. Hmm. Is there any any habits that you took out of there, or any what are like the habits that that you you know as an entrepreneur have developed to build your businesses? Um, the biggest one I've picked up in the last few years is meditation. So I meditate um, a lot. I meditate at least two hours a day, um, sometimes three. And I know people go, how the hell can you do that with all the other stuff that you do? I'm like, I find a way. There's 24 hours in a day. You can do it. When I started to meditate, um, there, there was a focus that came into my life that I had not had there before. I'm, you know, I'm a bit older than you. Um, if I remember, uh, twice as old as you exactly. And, um, it took me a long time to figure that out where, and if you ask all these entrepreneurs, most of them, all the big high performing guys, they all meditate. Very Mm -hmm. few of them don't. I'm going to say 90% of them do meditate and there's something to be said about it. It, it, it it brings a, a focus into your life, a calmness into your life. Um, it taps into something that you really can't explain where a lot of times I'll have an issue or a challenge in my life and I'll meditate on it and the answer appears Mm -hmm. Um, or something like that happens Um, without getting foo-foo about it. It just, it just on a, on, on, you know, I can talk about it on a much more spiritual level, but just on a practical level, it calms you. It focuses you. Um, it dissipates anger, it dissipates stress. Um, and that when you get those other feelings and, and crap out of the way, you become a much higher performer. Um, you know, everything I do with Indie Film Hustle and Indie Film, Indie Film Hustle TV and uh, the podcast, everything, I do the majority of it by myself. The majority of everything that is done, the graphics, the, the designs, the, 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 all the te- everything I do myself. It's an immense workload. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do it without um, meditation. You know, um, it gives me an energy level. I mean, I wake up every morning at 4.30 or 5, um, comfortably, happily. Not like, uh like Rocky and I got to drink the, the eggs and shit. None of that crap. I actually really enjoy waking up early, get a lot of work done. You've gotten a couple of texts from me at 4 o'clock in the morning, so you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Absolutely. Uh, so, um you know, I'll drop an email at 4.45 and people are like, what the hell are you doing up? I'm like, yeah. uh, and you, then I'm you, like get, you get my morning text as well. Yeah, you do too. You <laughs> hustle, baby. You hustle. You hustle. Um, but, um, but you see, but you still go to wait. You go to bed at two and wake up at four. See, I can't do shit like that. I go to bed at nine and wake up at four. You see, I still need my, I need my seven, eight hours. I'm not 22. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think the biggest habit is meditation. I think the other biggest thing I've learned from those books and just my experience is to show up every day, mm-hmm. show up every day and do the work, do the work every day, whether it's going to provide a result that day or not. When I launched Indie Film Hustle every day, I would just show up, put content out, put contact out. When I started my podcast, I just, boom. yeah, my podcast did take off fairly quickly in the world of podcasting, but those first 10, 15 podcasts, they just, you know, I wasn't getting thousands and thousands of downloads and tens of thousands of downloads. I was getting a few, you know, 50, 100. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, is this worth it? That's what people mm-hmm. start doing and they break themselves up. 
pound it every day. Show up. Do the work. I promise you it will pay off in, in, in the long run. So look, a lot of times in my life I've started something and then I stopped it. And I always then, a few years later, I'm like, imagine, imagine if I would have kept doing that karate class, where I would be right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I started Indie Film Hustle, I, I made a vow to myself. That I'm like, I'm going to do it no matter what. I have no other choice. I'm going to keep pounding it and pounding it. I did what Gary Vee did with uh, Wine Library. You know, he just showed up every day and, and did a show that nobody was watching. But by the time someone found it, he had already had like, 400 episodes 500 episodes so it looked like he was an authority in his space and then the cohen o'brien show called him and said hey uh we need an, a wine expert and that there it is boom and he took off but if he hadn't shown up every day that opportunity would have never happened so mm -hmm. that's and it's happened to me multiple times um because i show up and now it's easier because now the machine is up and running you know it's taken time to get that the gears going but now the machine is up and running and runs almost by itself it's what 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 tim ferris says um i still run it i i take I, I oil the gears make sure everything's working and then build on it as much as i can but i can walk away for a day or two money still comes in people are still happy content still flowing i have a library of almost 300 episodes mm -hmm. on on the podcast already in three years that's insane um, plus I have another podcast, uh, about screenwriting. All of that is just, uh, it starts feeding itself. It starts feeding itself and then it all starts growing afterwards, but you can't do that when you have one or two pieces of content. I have probably over a thousand pieces of content. Well, here's the thing, I mean, man, you, you can't go, I can't go on my phone and search indie and film anywhere and not have you pop up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's the thing. Like I can search on YouTube, anything about something about filmmaking or how to, and I just get you popping up, you know, and that's the level that you're at, but you only got there because of the consistent hours that you've been put in, you know, hustle, daily, daily, right? What it's can, the hustle. What what can you tell someone who, you know, has been putting in hours, you know, has been putting in hours and hours and hours, but still hasn't had any breakthrough? You've got to analyze what work you're doing and is it being effective? So I'm not saying just go and, and just pound your head against a wall every day and one day something will happen. You've got to be smart about it. You've got to look at what's happening. So when I started creating content, I would analyze, I was like in my analytics like crazy. So I would see what was, what was hitting, what was not hitting. Who was the, what did my audience really, you know, like, and what did, what went viral? What didn't go viral? I'm like, okay, so this is what works and what this was works. And now to a point where I know when I create a piece of content, I'm like, if I put this out, I know it's going to blow up. Like I just did it the other day. I just said like, hey, you know, I'm going to put this, I haven't used, I haven't posted this in a while. I'm going to repost it. And I go, it's going to, it's going to blow up. And the second I put it up, it just, it just went viral. Like, shoom. Because I knew it would, because I had already seen it happen once before. I'm like, look, it's been like a year since I put this up. Let me see if this is still there. But I'm like, I'm going to guess it's it. And it, boom, it just blew up my numbers like crazy. But that's because of, of um, time that I put in and analyzing what I do. So it's not just about doing the work, but being smart about the work you're doing and making sure you're effective in where you're going. You might be in a, in a niche that is just overpowering you. Like if I went into the online marketing niche right now, and started going up against Gary Vee, Tim Ferriss, Lewis Howe, Pat Flynn, these giants in, in that space, 
it's going to take me a while to break through. Will I do it? Yeah, I, I know I could do it if I wanted to. Um, but I know it's going to be difficult to do. So, you know, if you're not, you know, if you've been doing this for over a year and you haven't done any, it's not, nothing's clicking, you're not doing something right. You might not have the right niche. You might have not have the right voice. You might not be doing enough content. You might be creating the proper kind of content. There's multiple variables on it, but you've got to analyze what's working, what's not, do the work, be intelligent about it. Um, but it will take time. Uh, to do and it might not go out like I was lucky my first thing out you know it, it, it it's taken off but it's taken me three years to get here mm -hmm. um, but I know guys who've been doing this for 15 years in mm -hmm. my niche who still you still can't make a living doing what what mm -hmm. what I'm doing what or what he would like to do so it's all you just gotta do what I said <laughs> Absolutely. And sometimes you have other ventures in the past that have failed, that have failed, that have failed. And then at this point, you have built so much, you know, with all those failures, you have learned so much through that, that, that that's when it looks like that blows up out of nowhere, right? But it's been years in the making. Maybe just, overnight success. Overnight exactly. It's a new company. It's a new venture. It's a new project. And that just blows up. But people don't see all the other ones that didn't, that, you know, that failed. Right. Oh, absolutely. Sure you have your own one. You know, you, you, oh, look, man, I look, I, I've talked about this multiple times. I left the business for about three years. I always had a foot in it. You know, I did a little post job here or there, but I, I, for all, all purposes, sense of purposes, I'd left the business. You left the film for, industry. I filmed, I left the film business and I, you know, kind of, like I said, only a couple jobs here and there over the course of those three years. I focused my energy on, wait for it. I opened up an olive oil gourmet shop in Los Angeles. And everyone's like, what the <laughs> that? Yeah. I'm like, you know, this is going to be it. It's like my jelly bean moment. Like, you know, but I brought my family into it and my wife opened up the business with me and we had the largest olive oil gourmet tasting shop in Los Angeles. And we did 22 farmers markets a week and we were going out to festivals and, 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 and events, you know, selling olive oil. And we were making money and we had an online business too. And we were selling all of it online and it was great and all this stuff. It was the most ball busting three years of my entire life. It broke my ego down to a place where it is today. I just, it was decimated, decimated. Um, and it taught me so, so much. I'm going to write a book about it. I'm sure one of these days, because the story and the people I met and the lessons I learned were so valuable. It changed my life. The universe said, you know what? This guy needs a little bit of a, he needs a little something, something. Let's throw this idea in there and we'll make it real easy for him to open it all up and it'll be fine. He thinks he's going to be good for about a year and then he's going to go, holy shit, what the fuck have I got myself into? Thank God I only signed a three-year lease. Um, and, and that was a horrible experience for me. Horrible. Um, and, but I wouldn't take, I would never, I would not take it back. It made me who I am today. And it taught me so many things. And I actually started doing online marketing and, uh, you know, SEO and all that kind of stuff for my olive oil websites to the point where if you typed up olive oil or extra virgin or any of that kind of stuff, I started popping up. So I learned a lot during that time. Um, not as much as I know now, of course, but because um, now I could like, I would tear up the olive oil business. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but that was a huge failure for me. You know, we never lost money, but the amount of work that I put in didn't make any sense. I was bat busting my back. Hands were all fucking raw from, you know, waking up at four o'clock in the morning when I didn't want to. 
you know, hustling to go to a farmer's market and then coming back and maybe making 50 bucks if I'm lucky, mm-hmm. you know, just to, you know, I had to go to keep the space. It's just, dude, it was, it was horrible. But, um, but that was a huge failure. And then uh, that's when I started thinking about indie film also or thinking about doing an online business. Cause like, yeah, this is not going to work out. I can't keep doing this. Um, so yes, there's always failures behind, behind us, my friend. And there's multiple other ones I could talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. That's real. Um, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll finish, we'll finish it up, but I want to ask you a question. If I give you a piece of paper right now and on that piece of paper, you had to write down like everything that you've learned from everything that you've learned in your life and you were to fit it in that piece of paper and give it to your a daughter, you know, um, so someone that's looking up to you, uh, someone that's younger that you can mm-hmm. basically sh- showcase all everything that you've learned. What would you write on that paper and what would be your words to success? Um, the biggest word to success I can come up with is patience, 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 patience. Um, as a young man, I was extremely impatient. Um, it caused me a lot of pain. It caused me a lot of struggle um, because I was constantly trying to um, hit that home run every time up to bat. And realizing that I wanted, I wanted that, I wanted that story. I wanted that Robert Rodriguez El Mariachi story. I wanted that Reservoir Dogs Quentin Tarantino story. I wanted that Kevin Smith Clerk story, where you make your first movie and then boom, you blow up and you're off and running in your career. Um, I got caught up in that story. I got caught up in that myth. And, um, and because of that, a lot of the choices I made were based around swinging for the fences every time. And uh, not understanding that this is a long game. It is, it, you have to play the long game in this business. And when you're following your dream, you, you, can't, you can't do it. You can't only be focused on the destination. You need to focus yourself on the journey. Because the destination in, in the scope of, of the whole time of the journey is very, very small. The, you're going to spend much more time on the road than you will be at the destination you're going. So you better enjoy that walk. You better enjoy that path. If you don't, you're going to be miserable. And that's what so many people in my industry and other industries do. Is that like, like I'm sure someone listening right now to this podcast is like, I want to blow up like Tim Ferriss. And I want to be making, you know, I want, to, I want Gary Vee money. I'm like, well, you know what? Gary Vee hustles harder than anyone I've ever seen in my life, even to this day. And he's a multi-millionaire, you know? And he's like, no, I'm going to keep hustling harder than all of you, even the kids, even you 20-year-olds. I'm going to out-hustle you. And that's what I always tell people, too. Like, anytime someone, you know, talks to me about, you know, indie film hustle or being in the niche of filmmaking or anything like that, I'm like, that's fine if you want to come up, come up, let's do it. But understand something. I will outwork you. I will outwork you in ways that you can't even understand right now. And that's the difference. I might not be the smartest man in the room. I might be the, 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 the richest or the wisest, but I will outwork you. And that is, uh, that's something that I always look for in anyone I work with, someone who wants to hustle, but that patience, the, 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 the thing is, and I'll, I'll use baseball analogy because it's easy. So many people, and for your audience, you know, not filmmakers, but filmmakers as well, but so many people want to go up to, to the plate in Yankee Stadium and swing and hit a home run. The problem is most people have never stepped foot in the stadium, let alone held a bat or, or even touched the ball. 
and they expect mm -hmm. to just walk up to that plate, never having any practice, and swing and hit a home run. And that's not the way it works. You need to get into that batting cage at the sandlot by your house and hustle, and you start practicing and practicing and practicing. So when you do get up to that plate, you still don't go for a home run. You go for a single. Because now you got to learn in this environment how to progress and move forward. Because if you keep swinging for the fences, you're going to strike out a lot more, man. So hit those singles, hit those doubles, hit those triples, and then you will eventually hit that home run to the point where you're like a Gary Vee, a Tim Ferriss, a Pat Flynn. These guys are hitting home runs left and right. An Alex Ferrari. <laughs> well, I'm so... I'm so. I, I think I might have just walked in and got a hot dog. I haven't even got to the point. Yet. <laughs> That's just my feeling. But, um, but I have been batting a bunch. Uh, so, that's my advice. Um, and that's a long piece of paper. But yes, that is. Uh, that's what I would suggest uh, for anybody listening. My man, you're inspiring millions of people. You know, through filmmakers. You know, the next generation. So thank you for what you're doing, and I really appreciate you know for you coming and sharing everything you you shared, man. I really. Really appreciate it. it was a great it was a great talk oh man thank you so much for having me on brother i appreciate it too man all right i hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with my man alex ferrari if you want to find out more about alex you can go to words to success.com under episodes click under alex and it's all there if you're a filmmaker you definitely need to check him out at indiefilmhustle.com he has all kinds of important resources and information as a filmmaker he also has indie film hustle tv which is almost like a netflix but for filmmakers, the content about screenwriting, producing, film financing, marketing, all content that is extremely important for any artist, especially for people within the film industry. I'm personally a member, which is why I'm plugging it in, just because I absolutely love the content on there and think it's great. Also, he has a new book that's coming out called Shooting for the Mob. And it's basically a real-life story about how he got hired for a $20 million feature film to shoot for a gangster in the mob and just crazy stories about that. So definitely go and check that out. Go give us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think, who you want next on the show, and I'll see you on the next episode. Vamos. 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 Vamos.